Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Slow Guy on the Fast Ride podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, the wonderful, the great. Feel free to shower whatever praise you want on me. Uh, I am in the garage today. I am joined by two wonderful guests. Uh, I have with me today Gloria Lou and Dan Schwartz, both of uh, Outside Magazine fame, infamy. Uh, what's the other one where it's negative? Notoriety. Notoriety. <laughs> what's the other one where it's negative? They let me write words. I thought Infamy was pretty, infamy, pretty right? captured it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go with Infamy. Uh, you're infamous. So, Gloria, hello. Hi. Dan, hello. Hi. All right. Well, thank you for joining me in the garage today. We are in the Slow Guy in the Fast Ride headquarters. Uh, we're eating pizza. We're sipping on some whiskey. And today, we're chatting about Gloria's article, which is funny because Dan's here, too. That's and there's right. a reason Dan's here. Dan knows. He's smiling. He knows why he's here. He's, a, he's kind of a prop. Uh, Dan's Dan's actually shirtless and flexing. It's weird. Sorry, Dan's not a prop. Dan Dan is a literary device. <laughs> I'm I'm a real person. <laughs> you guys. Oh, that's right. He is right there. We can't make him. Okay. Um, no. The, in all seriousness, uh, two of my favorite folks, two of my favorite writers, and Gloria uh, wrote a, an article recently for Outside Magazine about uh, a specific instance on a ski lift. Uh, I guess it was more than once. But uh, basically, the idea that people were sort of talking past you when they discovered that your boyfriend Dan was from Silverton, which is a mythical, wonderful place here in Colorado that's got really good skiing. Tell me a little bit about about the angle of the story and, and more specifically why that was interesting to you that people would do that. They'd shift the conversation from you straight to Dan. Yeah. So for a little bit of background, Dan and I started dating in January. So pretty recently. And we, when we started hanging out, um, we went, it started all started this big, uh, ski day that we had at Wolf Creek. There was a big powder day and we were on the lift. And I started noticing that our conversations with strangers began to take on a certain pattern. And it usually went something like this. The guy would say, Oh, you know, and it was invariably a man yeah. would say, where are you all from? And I would say Golden, mm-hmm. Colorado. And Dan would say Silverton. Mm. And from that point, I would just see this guy, the guy's like eyes just light up. Yeah. Like, <gasps> you know, like a kid on Christmas morning. And he would just hone in on Dan, yeah. like this mountain man seeking missile. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was just like he had a million <laughs> questions. Like, Silverton, you know, and then the next question was also always something like, well, what do you do there? And Dan would say, oh, I'm a journalist. And Mm -hmm. he would say, who do you write for? And Dan would say, well, I'm working on a story for Outside Magazine right now. And then it was just over. It was over for me. (laughs) And, you know, usually I was like sitting in the middle seat. One time I was sitting on the end and this guy would like, at one point some guy was like literally leaning over to talk to Dan over my body. And this was during COVID too. So, you know, people were standing very, they were sitting very close. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, this happened probably, you know, three or four times that day. Um, and, it got me thinking about like, why do we do this? Why, what is it about where people are from that fascinates us yeah, so much? And, yeah. you know, you, we've all seen this happen, you know, like people will say, where are you from? And if you say you're from somewhere really cool, then suddenly people are just 10 times more interested right. in you. And if you say you're from somewhere not cool, then 
you know, you're going to have to make up for that deficit yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I know that that's an uncomfortable situation for you to be in, but Dan, I think it was also, according to the article, kind of a little uncomfortable for you too. <sighs> oh, sorry. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just doing some pushups just here iron over there. with my naked knuckles in the cold <laughs> snow of Silverton. Um, let me, uh, I'll finish it. All right. It's crazy how your hair is rippling in the breeze and there's no breeze. It's yeah, so weird, yeah, I know. It's just, it's weird. It's what happens to me here in Silverton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was it like for me? Yeah. Uh, unwelcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unwelcome. Yes. I mean, I didn't, uh, you didn't want the attention. I didn't want, I don't like this. I don't like attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. I don't, I, I uh, yeah, I, th- I think people have these like fantasies about the lives they want to live and, mm-hmm. And they like uh, front load those onto people when they think they might be living those fantasies. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It was a lonely winter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> through COVID. Yeah. And I mean, I, sh- also, I should also mention that Dan would try to bring the conversation back to me yeah. during these interactions. And he'd say something like, oh, you know, Gloria also writes for Outside Magazine. Or, oh, one time we ran into a guy who was also a journalist. This was at the top of a ridge. And, and he was like so enamored with Dan and, mm. and Dan would be like, Gloria's also a journalist. And they would be like, oh yeah, that's nice, you know, and then yeah, like yeah. move straight back to Dan. He even asked for my number. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> yeah, he did. Wow, you are popular. Yeah, I, I told you, I don't, I don't welcome this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mostly like you right now because you're sitting closest to the pizza and <laughs> you could hand me a slice. But no, I, I, I think it's, it's, it seems like it's an uncomfortable situation for everybody involved. I mean, unless... Unless you were the type of person to sort of feed on that that attention, but even then, to see your partner just sort of get steamrolled in a way, I mean, that doesn't feel great. No, I, no. Yeah, I, I would try in these instances to to loop Gloria into the conversation, but yeah. um, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, Gloria's like the features editor yeah. at Outside Magazine. That's like that's much cooler than just being a lowly contractor for right. them, and and they just they wouldn't even register yeah. that. But enough about Gloria. Let's talk. Let's <laughs> 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 uh, uh, So uh, in the in the course of writing this article Gloria, uh, what, what was the uh, the thrust now you you had this sort of uncomfortable situation that happened. Where did your mind go after that? Um, what made you want to write this? Well, so it, it, the reason I noticed this pattern particularly was I've had sort of this long-standing joke living in Colorado that your social standing correlates to the elevation that you live at. And what I mean by that <laughs> is that, you know, if you live in one of like the cool mountain towns and you look down on everybody who lives in the front range, and then if you live on the front range, you look down on all the flatlanders yeah. who are visiting or who are new to the state. And there's this hierarchy that happens based on essentially that's oddly enough correlated to elevation. Mm-hmm. So I think the example I used in the story was the people in Silverton look down on the folks who live in Durango who are at 7,000 feet, I think. And then right. the people in Durango think they're so much better than everybody on the front range who lives at 5,000 feet. And then everybody in the front range is like laughing at the all the flatlanders the who are like visiting and <laughs> dying on our local hikes. And, yeah. um, and I, sorry, dying figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's something I've thought about a lot just because, you know, in a way it's a form of, really of like stereotyping, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. what else are we doing when we take a small piece of information about somebody and make very broad generalizations about Mm -hmm. them? Um, And so I thought that was really fascinating and I thought it was a really great way to jump off into a story about generally why we draw quick conclusions about people based on small pieces of information Mm -hmm. and and how we create social hierarchies based on small pieces of information. Well, and I wonder too, I mean... 
part of it is that Dan lived in a cool place, but part of it too is that Dan is a man, right? Um, I mean, is that part of, does that factor in or did that, did that cross your mind? Of course. I mean, I have to imagine it did, right? Oh yeah, of course. And it was, it was interesting actually in the beginning I wanted, I thought it was a story about stereotyping and I actually spoke to a sociologist, um, and she said, you know, I really can't tell you whether or not these people behave as, as a good scientist, I can't say whether these people really behave this way just because of where Dan was from, you mm-hmm. know, gender could be a factor, race could be a factor, a lot of other things could be factors. Sure. So, um, but I think that there were, I drew from, was able to draw from enough experiences in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, other experiences too, where people, I saw this hierarchy playing out, um, to, to say, okay, no, we, we make judgments on people based on where they're from or where they live. Mm-hmm. And, and then we put them in a hierarchy in our minds. Um, one example that uh, I got from a psychologist I spoke to was he was talking about how he was, he grew up in, I think, a wealthy suburb outside of Detroit. But mm-hmm. whenever people would ask his parents where they were from, they would say, we're from Detroit. Yeah. And there is social standing associated with places, you know, and depending on what community you're in, that social standing is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're from in a community that values like, urban living, grit, blue collar work, like that legacy of Detroit, then you're going to draw from that social status. If Mm. you're in a community like ours, mountain communities, which value like the qualities we associate with living in small mountain towns, which Mm. are again, grit, resilience, toughness, maybe, you know, then you're going to draw from the social status of those places. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I grew up in New York city. uh, You did? Yeah. A neighborhood (laughs) called Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) That I knew. Yeah. Familiar with that suburb? Yeah, it's 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 you know it's just a little north, just not like just north of Yankee Stadium, not not far. No. Um, Dan, uh, if you could come down from your one arm pull ups for a second, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll take a break. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but you're glistening nicely. It's 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 you're in a nice place. Um, you know, when you lived in Silverton, I mean, how much how wide was the disconnect between what you were hearing from these people who were sort of enamored with your location and what the reality of it was uh zero really <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh <clears throat> I, I i did i kind of think i understand where they're coming from um <clears throat> when i was in my early 20s i think i uh projected romantic visions um that i wanted for my life onto onto uh places particularly mm-hmm. but also people from those places yeah um but yeah i mean you know i was like seven up good life and everything, but I, you know, I wasn't like sweeping chimneys and repairing diesel right. engines and <laughs> chopping, well, actually I was chopping a fair amount of wood in, yeah. the, in the fall for my friend. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I was broke freelancer living in Silverton, lonely COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, during COVID too, that, that really adds a, an element of desolation really i know silverton's already a pretty desolate place it is yeah, yeah. i mean you know it's got community and i mean nice I, people, I guess but... desolate's not the right word but but yeah i know remote I mean. yeah. it's remote yeah. yeah but but the skiing was really good even though it was a you know poor ski season with yeah. a lot of avalanche deaths it was i was having fun skiing so i guess that part of their fantasy was was true sure. i was living that yeah uh you know the, that kind of makes me think i mean gloria did you think the other end of it i mean have you caught yourself doing the same thing? I mean, talking past somebody else when you find out, oh, wow, they're from, I don't know, Italy, you know? Yeah, wow. That Yeah, that 
yes, I do that for sure. Yeah. I It's funny because now I'm so conscious of when I ask people, oh, where are you from? Mm-hmm. But I think that was a really unconscious question before. And definitely if I found out somebody was from an interesting place or a place that had some mystique to it, I would be probably more apt to ask them questions mm-hmm. about themselves. Um, but at least now I guess I'm aware of it. And I think I wasn't necessarily pointing this out to say it's a bad thing that we do. I think I just wanted to make people mindful of it and aware of it because I think that it can be a really good thing too. It can be a really powerful way to connect with people. Like when you find out someone has a similar background as you, it's a really wonderful conversation starter. That's way better than like, what do you do or what's the weather like or whatever, you know? Um, So I think, but I do think it's good to think about why we do the things we do that like certain behaviors we have that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was all I wanted to to illuminate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I think, uh, I, I mean, I've read in several places now that, uh, asking somebody what they do is actually a very American thing mm. and it's actually considered rude in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And so sort of, you know, but it's a, it's a comfortable and easy conversation starter, right? Like right. For us, it's, it's, a, it's a natural thing because we spend so much time at our jobs that it becomes almost, a, you know, an additive to our own personalities. It's, it's like saying, what kind of car do you drive or what kind of bike do you ride? Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, but you know, the, the notion of, of, you know, where are you from does open up a lot more conversational possibilities. But what was interesting to me is that you live in golden, <laughs> which is a fascinating, wonderful place. <sighs> But apparently Silverton is fascinating her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and we this, these conversations were happening in Colorado. So yeah. in the hierarchy of Colorado, living in Golden is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody lives on the front range. And whereas if I, we were in, you know, say, I don't know, just somewhere else, maybe like visiting some friends on the East Coast, maybe people might just be equally fascinated in both of us because we were both from somewhere else that yeah. has a lot of like lore and mystique right. around it. Right. I have to ask what the conversation was like when Gloria was said to you, Dan, Hey, I'm going to write about this and you're not going to look great here. <laughs> Although I don't think you look bad in the article. I mean, it doesn't come off bad. Yeah. I think my response was just okay. <laughs> we laughed about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we laughed about it. Um, no, I, I don't have any problem with it. I, uh, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I like was able to provide literary fodder. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't say that sarcastic, well, a little sarcastically yeah. just the way I said it, but, mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good, really good essay and, yeah. um, got at like a greater truth through, yeah. through like a kind of silly means. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Dan is like sort of understating his enthusiasm about this i the way i remember it dan was very excited about it because dan and i basically both being writers talk about our stories incessantly we're very fun to be around invite us over for dinner um but but we really talk about our story ideas all the time and you know when one of us hits on a really good story idea the other person because we think story ideas are either inherently good or They need work. And um, we both, I think, knew this was a good story idea. So Mm -hmm. I remember us laughing about it a lot and, like, coming up with ideas. And actually, like, we at one point, I think, were at a bar and we were thinking about trying to take some notes because we were so excited about the story. So um, the way I remember it is Dan was very enthusiastic. Oh, yeah. I I think I was. It's just, just, uh, you know, time compresses emotion into into little (laughs) okay sound bites. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm sure I was enthusiastic about it. 
It, you know, it's funny to me that the relationship you two have is it's like Wes Anderson should make a movie out of you. You know, like it's like, you know, the two writers living together and everything is a thesis statement, you know, and, uh, what, um, what, what did the process of, of writing the article look like for you start to finish? I mean, this was a column, I think. So it was a, it wasn't a very long piece. Right. It was, I think 1600 words in total in the end. And honestly, this was just one of those wonderful pieces that really came together pretty quickly. Um, actually I, I have to take that back. I, parts of it were very easy to write because they come out of my memory and my mind and they were, it was very fun. It was fun to describe Dan. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I thought the piece was going to be about one thing in the beginning. And mm-hmm. when I spoke, I thought, I thought it was going to be about stereotyping. And so I spoke to an expert, um, who, on racial bias and stereotyping. And she was like, I actually think that you are talking about hierarchy. So you should talk to someone else. And I remember being a little bit demoralized because I was like, Oh, I totally read this whole thing wrong. Mm -hmm. But it was great when I spoke to him because that really crystallized, okay, we're not talking about just stereotyping here. Mm -hmm. We're talking about just putting people into hierarchies, which is a very universal thing. And, um, yeah, so that was a little, that took a little longer, but you know, honestly, this story probably was, Started and finished in a week, oh, wow. which is quick. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess my my biggest question is, as a result of that, I mean, has it changed the way you react to those situations or how you plan to react to those situations? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like I said, I'm just more aware of when I am asking somebody where they're from and then of not... Mostly I want to not immediately discount somebody mm-hmm. just because they say something that's uninteresting to me. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think we should all be aware of anytime we're making quick judgments of people that we mm-hmm. don't know because we don't know them. Yeah. And there could be a really interesting person um, in front of you who you know, you're missing out on because you don't want to know more about a financial analyst or somebody from, <laughs> you know, Florida or yeah. <laughs> whatever, <Right>. you know, <laughs> Ew, Florida. <laughs> I, I love Floridians really. Honestly, I have many of them are my very close friends. I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Florida. I love you guys. Um, Dan, you're now holding the mic, which means you have to say something. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Go do some push-ups. Go do some- <laughs> um, when the when the article came out, Dan, uh, I'm curious if, if you know. Did you get any reaction from friends, family, from uh, any any other sources that you know said, "Hey, you know, what, a what was that situation like? Were you just you know, were you uncomfortable? I mean, what was the reaction on your end?" I, I think, as a testament to the article's popularity, I did get uh, surprisingly quite a bit of reaction. Really? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I heard from like friends and, and my mom thought it was a very <laughs> accurate characterization of yeah. me. And, uh, but the most interesting thing is, um, my first, uh, job, newspaper job in Kenai, Alaska, like 10 years ago, uh, my editor, whom I hadn't talked to since I, uh, left that newspaper, uh, uh, found me on Facebook messenger yeah. and, uh, and asked if, if that was the correct Dan Schwartz. And I was like, that, that, yeah, that was me. And he's like, well, I thought it was a very accurate description of you. Yeah. And I feel like I should step in at this point to say also that one of the funnest parts of the article for me to write was the description of Dan, which was where I make the point that, you know, these guys were so fascinated by him and enamored. And I think I said something like, you know, 
the funny thing is that Dan isn't classic man crush material. Right. And I said, he's about my height, which is 5'7". He walks around town where, carrying a New Yorker tote. Right. And his favorite jacket is this dingy yellow puffy that he got in a free box that was once used to clean chimneys. No, it was, it was used to clean chainsaws. Oh. Chainsaws. Oh, that, that's a step up from... I mean, yeah, that's even... We look down on chimney people, but yeah. chainsaw people. It's like even manlier. And to be clear, they, they didn't use the jacket to clean the chainsaw. The, the person who cleaned the, chains, the chainsaw wore Was the jacket, it. Yeah. yeah. But it, it had the same effect because it's very greased up. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was funny because, I don't know, I think people... I like hesitated with that line a little bit. It was in my pitch and I wasn't sure if I was going to put it in the story. But it was like too funny not to. And Dan knows that, you know... I'm totally in love with him, so he apparently it did not bother him. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was pretty funny <laughs> and accurate. <laughs> and a- accurate, yes. Yeah. Well, I you know I love that you carry a New Yorker tote, and I love that you guys can write honestly about each other. I love that you guys are a Wes Anderson caricature. It's really it's it's quite something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really high compliment. Yeah. Thank you. No, of course. I like his films. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I mean, that was definitely that was definitely high praise for me. Um, thank you guys for, for talking about the article and, and anytime you guys want to come and talk about your pieces, uh, I would love to have you guys on because I think it's fascinating all the stuff you guys are doing. I'm sure you guys have, I know you guys have excellent stories coming up. Um, so anytime you want to come on and talk about them, please, please do swing by the garage. I can ply you with whiskey and pizza, uh, anytime. I so. was just about to say, we will come over to have bourbon anytime. So, <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to turn on the recorder, yeah. That's that's cool. Even better, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I might run out. I only have 38 <laughs> bottles yeah. left. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, before I cut you off, where can people find you on social media if they want to ask questions or comments about your articles? Um, I can be found uh, mostly on Twitter at C.O. Dan Schwartz. You can also find me on my website at Dan J. Schwartz, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.com. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Both of them are at the handle at that's underscore my underscore line. Don't don't spell out the underscores, guys. It's actually underscore. <laughs> it's just that's my line that's phonetically. My line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can catch me at Brown Tie Dan on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Happy to field your questions, pass them along. Uh, and if you guys have comments about this podcast or any of the other podcasts I have recorded, I mean, well, I haven't only done two, so I guess you don't have that many questions. But uh, <laughs> the slow guy in the fast ride podcast, I'd love to hear them. Uh, and uh, please do subscribe and go to slowguyinthefastride.com subscribe to the newsletter so that you don't miss any of the awesome interviews I'll be doing coming up soon Gloria and Dan thanks very much for joining me thank you yeah thank you Dan and we'll all catch you guys on the next episode <laughs>